Boston Sports Syndicate. I'm missing you back and back and back and back and back. Nights in my place and I need you in my habitat. We don't need a time and a place. So yeah, baby, face it. You work overnight and I'll be okay. I'm missing you back and back and back and back and back. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Boston Sports Syndicate Fire the Musket podcast. This is our podcast dedicated solely to the New England Patriots. And it's a bit of a dark day here after the wildcard round playoff loss to Tennessee. So we have much to talk about. I want to get right into it. Joining me once again is our senior Patriots writer, Derek McVeigh. Derek, how's it going? Uh, you know, I've been better, but I'm getting by. I'm getting by. Yeah, I think uh, I think Patriot Nation shares that whole uh, sentiment with you. Uh, unfortunately, our usual third man in, James Collard, a.k.a. James Cam, is not able to join us due to a family emergency, and we hope everything goes well with him for that. So pinch hitting for him is a noted Patriots fan and Tom Brady lover <laughs> and syndicate co-host, Michael Travers. Michael, hey guys, how are you doing? You know, I'm not quite as gloomy as Derek, uh, or probably most <laughs> of Patriot Nation, but uh, you know, I'm here. Uh, the Vikings won today, so that's... Uh, that's a that's, that's your, a good thing on on my on my that, end. That's your second favorite team going back to uh, when Randy Moss was there. Dante Culpepper, Randy Moss. That was uh, I don't know years and years and years ago. But yes. I mean, I, I had the Saints winning the Super Bowl in our little prediction thing, and uh, they lost to the Vikings. So it's bittersweet, but uh, definitely not as sad as uh, you know probably the rest of uh, Patriot Nation. Well, I was uh, 0 for two yesterday in my predictions, so I'm not off to a good start <laughs> as far as that goes. <laughs> I was. Uh, I don't even remember who I took in the first game. Probably the Texans. So I'm probably I'm probably one for three right now. Yeah, I think I was the only one that took the Bills. No, I took Buffalo. I'm I'm zero for three. Oh, you were too. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah. It, was, yeah. it, was, it was looking good for a while, but uh, yeah, not so much. Buffalo gonna Buffalo. Uh, so I don't, uh, Derek. I don't know if you listened to our marathon podcast we had uh, that we released last week. Uh, where we got a bunch, uh, basically all the syndicate writers, uh, except unfortunately you weren't able to join us. And we went over our uh, grades for every single team for the past year. So I want to get your grade, before we start, I want to get your grade for the Patriots for 2019. And the provision we put on it was you cannot count winning the Super Bowl. So it's basically the 2000, the offseason and the 2019 regular season. I gave them a B minus. Michael, I believe you gave them a C plus. Yeah, sounds about right. I and was that probably was about positive. the average grade for for all the guys. It was between a B and a C. Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, C C plus. I'd say it was average. Uh, I mean, by Patriot standards, it wasn't, you know, what because they've set the bar so high over the past, you know, fifteen twenty years. Um, it was obviously not successful, but still twelve and four playoff appearance, another division title. AFC East, you know, I don't know how much of an accomplishment that actually is, but um, obviously not the the type of season we've grown accustomed to to having around here. Um, but it wasn't a complete failure, so say it was an average season. Yeah, and unfortunately, we recorded that on the Saturday before the Miami game, and uh, just going back and listening to it was kind of hard because most of us were saying, "Yeah, they're going to finish off thirteen and three. They're going to get a first round bye." So I think that's a good segue into uh, what I wanted to talk about next was just what the heck happened. You were at the Miami game. I assume you were at yesterday's game, too, as you're, you're a season ticket holder. Yep. So um, just did it finally catch up with this team? Uh, some of their deficiencies 
both offensively and defensively, um, not being able to stop Miami on those those last couple of drives when you had the game, and all you had to do was stop. What's his name? Ryan <laughs> Fitzmagic. Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yep. You know, all you had to do was stop him, and and you weren't able to do it. So, Derek, what's your take on uh, what happened, the collapse that happened to this team over the last couple of games? Yeah, I mean, Bill, you and I had texted briefly after the game. Uh, and I said I think it was one of the worst home regular season losses in, you know, the Brady-Belichick era. Um, when you consider the stakes, um, you know, the discrepancy in record and talent, uh, I mean, there was no excuse for losing that game. You know, Belichick, they had audio of him after the Buffalo win talking about how this, you know, this is the playoffs now. This Miami game, it's you got to treat it like the playoffs and it just seemed like they said all that and didn't actually treat it like a playoff game. I mean, there was no energy in the state. I mean, there's no energy in the stadium from like the fans, but there's no energy on the field. There was no adjustments made throughout the game. Um, it was just their defense kept, you know, playing off the line of scrimmage. Fitzpatrick could take quick passes and they just marched right downfield and they just didn't do anything to, to adjust or make any changes. It felt like they were, they thought they were just going to come in. Miami was going to roll over, and they were going to cruise to a, a buy that they desperately needed. Um, so they definitely they took Miami way too lightly. Do we really think that a Patriots team is going to come out and play that way, though, to take any opponent lightly? You hear Belichick talking up, even when they're playing Cincinnati, and they sound like they're loaded with all pros, and he just talks up the team and how they're good in all three phases of the game, and, and you're saying, but, Bill, they're 1-12. You know, they're not that good. Right. But, but he makes it sound that way. So does that mean this team isn't listening to him anymore? Are they not buying what he's selling? I don't know. I mean, it, it, it's a good point because he does always uh, like talk up the competition. Even he's gone as far to you know pump up the opposing team's punter when there's no one else to, to talk about. Yeah, he um, loves punters. Yeah, yeah, but I that's think that's true. I think that I think him pumping up a punter is his way of saying the rest of your team sucks. Like I think it's like I, no, I mean I'm like I, I think he's like uh, like he's complimenting the like because there's there's nothing else to compliment, so he just finds the like the the punter's good because he's got to be out there so much. Like that's like a backhanded compliment. Like it's like he's kind of a plug in that regard when he does stuff like that. Yeah, that that could be that could be, but. You know, he, anyway, he obviously, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to cut you off. My mistake. No, no, it's it's a three-way conversation. <laughs> obviously, that's that's why we asked you to sit in. I mean, I uh, thought I was just gonna have to Google stuff. I didn't realize I had to actually partake in the conversation. Oh no, no, <laughs> you, you don't have the full James role. We we expect you to actually participate and contribute. Oh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so, while we're talking to you, what was your take on what happened? Yeah, I feel like every year the Patriots have a clunker game. I feel like more times than not, it's at the beginning of the season and not at the end of the season. But I feel like like that that's kind of what happened is is they I feel like they do take an opponent lightly throughout the course of of a season like they usually lose to Miami in Miami and if in in you know you always whatever it may be the nightlife or whatever it is in Miami but I feel like every year they have that one game where they lose that they shouldn't lose and it just so happens that this one came at the worst time of the year and I think I mean. It, it, and I just don't think this team was that good I mean that's ultimately what I I, I just don't think they were that good. When it all comes down to it, and how much do both of you buy into the factor of they were going against Brian Flores, who was a former assistant of Belichick's? It seems like those guys. Uh, what's the record now? It's like fourteen and thirteen or something. Yeah, I when mean, he goes against former players or coaches, it's like is some of the mystique gone, and these guys just aren't intimidated when they come in. 
Yeah, that's definitely part of it. And they have the institutional knowledge and know, I mean, Flores knew, you know, knows the ins and outs of that defense and like the strengths and weaknesses of all those guys. So he knew exactly how to, how to beat them and how to attack them. I mean, he was not afraid. The offense is not afraid to attack Stefan Gilmore. I mean, they went at him all game long. Um, so I think, and Chad O'Shea, you know, called some great plays. So I think that definitely has, uh, you know, plays a part in, in the success that they had. Called some great plays and then they got fired. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> wait. Bring him here. But correct me if I'm wrong, but but Brian Flores and and Chad O'Shea were the coaches when the when the Patriots went into Miami and won 43 to nothing, right? Yeah, they were. Like, so yeah. I I just I don't know. But I, they I, were still building the team at that point. I mean, that, yeah, that team was a, was a dumpster fire. The Dolphins suck. The Patriots they had, the, been, they had the, been playing better over the last few games. We'll the, give them that. But I but I tweeted right after the game was over. I don't care how well the Bills uh, the Bills how well the Dolphins had been playing over the last second half of the season to lose that game with what was at stake was totally unacceptable when you compare it to the bar that the Patriots have set for themselves. Yeah, I just don't, I, I don't know. I, I think, like I said, I think it was a perfect storm. They usually do for one game a year. That was the game's horrible timing. And it was even worse that they lined it up like with the Kansas City win. And it was like by the minute, like Kansas right. City scored a touchdown to sure up their win. And then like the next minute, the Patriots gave up that, that touchdown to uh, whatever his name is, the, the tight end for Miami. And it was like a perfect, like, it was almost like a movie. Like, but usually when you have that movie and you're a Patriots fan, you're the you're on the right side of it this time you're on the wrong side of it and it's you know i guess upsetting for some people and and you mentioned (laughs) you mentioned two things derek that you mentioned the stadium was dead and and you know you can't always hear the crowd noise when you're watching it on tv but that's the take that i got and i even turned to my wife and i said it sounds like the crowd is not into this game so that's what was actually going on there the crowd was not into it either yeah, for sure, and I think um, it was you know completely different atmosphere both last night and at the Buffalo game. But I think what it was at the start of the year, it was a giveaway game for for a lot of season ticket holders. They're right, like, oh, right. this game isn't going to matter. Let's give these tickets to you know some friends and family, let them go. There are a lot of a lot of like families and a lot of young kids at that game. Um, so I think you know people were just happy to be there, happy to you know to watch the game, but they they weren't into it, um, and you could tell. And, you know, sometimes when you're playing a, a weak opponent and, you know, the crowd's not into it, it helps the, you know, the, the opponent stay into the game. And that, I think it definitely played a factor. There was no energy from the Patriots side, uh, you know, not feeding off the crowd or anything like that. Um, so it definitely was a, a dead, dead environment. I mean, Miami had everything to gain, too. They, they, they could come in and play, play spoiler. And, you know, that, I mean, maybe with the coaches being, you know, with, um, the coaches being here, that might have something to do with it too. As they came in with a little bit, of, a little bit more fire than they, than you know, than it just being a four and twelve, four and eleven season, whatever they were. You know, they came in and they knew that they had a chance to spoil the first round by for the Patriots, and you could see, you could see they were fired up. Fitzpatrick was fired up that last drive, and I mean, they wanted it more. That that's ultimately what it came down to is they wanted it more. Yeah, I, I agree, and. One other thing you mentioned, Derek, was uh, they went right after Gilmore, and you know he's he's noted for he'll, he'll play when the lights are on. They played Miami in a one o'clock game, and yeah, it the lights like aren't he, on that game. No, no, <laughs> and it seemed like he just did not show up for that one. I mean, nobody the, uh, nobody took that ahead. game seriously. I don't think. I, I mean, I mean, the Patriots didn't, didn't certainly didn't take it seriously. Miami, I guess they they're the ones that took it seriously. But like Derek said, the 
it, it felt like the crowd wasn't in it. Like, nobody was in it. The Patriots didn't seem like they were into it right from the get-go. And, you know, I mean, even, like, watching, I didn't I didn't have a desire really to even watch the game. Even when it was on, I did, obviously. But, but you know, if I missed the kickoff, I missed the kickoff. Like, I didn't have, normally, um, you know, game starts at 1. I'm in my, I'm on my couch by 1230. That, that didn't happen for that game. And it just, it just wasn't a serious game. Actually, I get tickets through work, and we had, we, I had tickets to this game. And I gave them all away. I had six tickets to the game. I gave every single one away. Normally, I'd keep two and and go, but nope, no thanks. They're playing Miami. What do I need to go for? Yeah, and even once they did get down, I think there's that expectation that they're the Patriots. They're going to come back. They're going to pull this out. Why? Because they always do. That was last night's game for me. Well, I mean, both games. I mean, they had the lead late in the game against Miami and then turned it over to the best defense in the league, the boogeymen. And Miami just walked right down the field and scored. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad I didn't. I guess I'm glad I didn't order my T-shirt yet. <laughs> That's what happens when you self-proclaim your own defense. But we won't. Well, I'm not going to. I told you positivity here. Positivity. No, no, that's all right. That's all right. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> no, 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 no. So let's uh, let's segue to the Tennessee game. Um, you know, I, I could see them looking past Miami and taking them lightly, but once you lose that game. Now, and just the ramifications of losing that game. You know, you talk about a first-round bye. It's not just the first-round bye. It's, yeah, you have to play that week and then go on the road the following week if you're fortunate enough to win. So, I don't know. Did 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 they not take it as seriously? Did they pack it in right after the Miami game and, and just look at the road ahead of them and say, now nah, we don't have the horses to do this. Let's just let's just go out there and make it look good. I mean, do you have any explanation for the for the egg that they laid yesterday? Yeah, I mean, I felt like they they were definitely there was more compete. I felt like in last night's game, um, you know, especially in that first half. I mean, they moved the ball pretty well in that first half. The difference was they couldn't finish drives, which has been their problem all season long. They, you know, they get inside the 20 and they come away with field goals instead of touchdowns. They had three red zone trips, scored one touchdown yesterday. Titans had two, came away with two touchdowns. It's a difference in the game right there. Um, so it just came down to, to execution when it mattered, and they just they didn't have the, the talent this year. And, I mean, me personally, I think, and probably for a lot of Patriots fans, what happened last year gave people this like false sense of hope that they were going to be able to do it again this year because it was a very similar narrative towards the end of the season. They weren't playing their best football, but everyone was like, well, they did it last year. Maybe they'll, they'll turn it on and flip the switch. And when they beat Buffalo, you know, it kind of gave you that hope again, like, Oh, here they go. They're, you know, that things are starting to, to come together right at the right time. Um, and then they collapse against Miami and they just couldn't make enough plays last night. In the nine million things that Tony Romo says across the course of the game, <laughs> he mentioned both of those things. One being that, you know, actually before the game even started, and, and they were talking about how they gave Brady the football to start the game, and you know, and, and a lot of it was a lot of the, the the talk coming in is that you know the Patriots aren't the Patriots this year. They're not the Patriots this year. And he said that's the same thing everyone was saying when they came to the playoffs last year. We know what happened there, and the. I feel like that it's just it's just a constant thing for everybody nationwide patriots you know patriots fans it's like everyone expects them to do what based on past past experiences past experiences and in that that wasn't the case this year like this team was not built to win in the playoffs they weren't and 
did I think they were going to lose to Tennessee? In me and all my negativity, I didn't even think they were going to lose to Tennessee. It just they they just threw up a dud. And the other thing that Romo said in his nine bazillion things is one of the turning points of the game is I want to say it was thirteen to ten to seven. It was ten to seven at the time. Patriots were up and they were driving. They were driving. They were driving. And then they got to the goal line and they stalled and they had to kick the field goal. And Romo said, "Remember this stop right here." Mm-hmm. And sure enough. They they didn't score again, so it was clearly it was clearly a a big. big, I mean, if they punch it in there too, you know, all of a sudden it's not it's not uh, it's not thirteen to seven. Thirteen to seven. It's 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 seventeen. Seventeen to seven. Right. Then that's at that point. That would have been enough. If you know, I mean, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but that you know, if you punch it in there, that's a different game, and you stop. I believe Tennessee then turned around and scored, and then got the ball back. Right. That's that. That was that same sequence right there. Mm-hmm. So I mean that that was a huge play, and I think in the past you're used to if one of the offense or defense is going to kind of let you down, it's going to be the defense. And this year it was the offense. Time and time again, the offense just let you down. And the defense they used to be bend not break, but they had so much pressure, and there was I think like there was so much opportunity for them to break this year that they just couldn't they couldn't hold up. Now the defense was better than the offense, but. I mean, you can only do so much, I think, I feel, as a defense. And the same thing that's been plaguing them all year, stopping the run. Oh, Derrick Henry's a I mean, beast. Derek, he is an absolute beast, but beast. he was also getting holes to run through. Yeah. And you let a guy like that get up ahead of steam, I'm sorry, your your secondary line's not going to bring him down. Quite frankly, he is a truck. if you give up 180 yards on the ground in a playoff game to one guy, you probably don't deserve to win. It was over 100 just in the first half. He had 180 yards. Total, a, a, yeah. Total, like the, that's unbelievable. On the on the game winning touchdown drive, he accounted for all seventy five of the yards. Like right. that, that's incredible that you let one individual beat you. Ryan Tannehill <clears throat> sucks. I'm sorry, Ryan Tannehill <laughs> blows. But like Derrick Henry controlled that entire game, and he basically looked like he was. Uh, uh, it was it was like a high school game. Like just run, 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 smash mouth high school game. Like that, that's what it looked like. And then. He's they showed a clip from, him like, from high wh- school. Like, what, what, are, what are you doing here? Like, make Tannehill beat you. Like, you don't let... They, could, they couldn't stop him, though. The line could not right. get... They, they were just getting blown off the ball. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It was, I mean, it was yeah. embarrassing. On, on both sides, honestly. on both sides. Their offensive line was getting blown off the ball as well. Yeah, it could they, not, it, the, the game was just... You know, I, I know, Michael, we've had this argument before. But to me, the offensive line was key this year. All the, the injuries line that they sexy, had... Though. It's not sexy, but you know what? You need one. I mean, you go back and you watch any successive team, they're going to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. And this team could not do that this year. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to blame. I'm not going to. We'll get into the blame pie game, I'm sure. And the offensive line to me is probably the smallest slice. And I know I know that's maybe maybe uh, a different different than what everybody else thinks. But I don't I don't I don't put as much as much on the offensive line as other people do. I don't think. I think last night they were fine. Like, I didn't feel like Brady was constantly under pressure when he was back there. And, I mean, Michelle had a few nice runs. I mean, you look at his numbers, they were fine. Um, but they've, you know, that, Michael, you mentioned the goal line uh, sequence right before the half uh, where they only got the field goal. They might be one of the worst short yardage run teams I've ever seen. Like, const- time and time again, when they need to get one yard, they can't. One That's because yards. it feels like it feels like Sony Michelle only wants to run away to the sidelines. He only wants to get to the outside. He doesn't want to run off the guards. He does not want to. He doesn't want to go inside. And 
I, I understand like he does it, but it feels like I want to say the, the second and goal play or, or maybe it was first and goal. It looked like he had a clear lane and he tried to kick it to the outside. And it's like every time it feels like he's trying to kick it to the outside and get the edge. And it's like in short yardage, you don't need the edge. Like if you want right. to, you know, if, if you're on your own 20 and you want to bust a big, a big run and then, okay, then you got to get the edge. But when you only have five yards to go, run that thing up the middle. And I, I, I don't know. I don't, it, it, the team just wasn't, just wasn't that good to me. And this know? is a problem I don't think is new this year. I think they've had that problem the last few years. Yeah, absolutely. They haven't had that big back that can get the one yard. Yeah, I mean, Corey Dillon, tried... right? What was that, 2001, well, 2002? Like, yeah, that's that's the last time they had a really big – oh, no, no, no. Uh, the dude who punched the guy at Blunt. Boise State. Blunt. Yeah, they had LeGarrette yeah, yeah, Blunt. Yeah, 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 right. I mean, since since he's left, you just don't have that guy. And, I mean, they even tried to land in Roberts yesterday. I mean, imagine if they point. imagine if there was like a big like a big running back that sat out the whole season and then <laughs> you know signed on at the end. Of, imagine that there was someone out there that they could have got like that, like uh, like a guy like Marshawn Lynch or something. I, like, think, you, you I know, was going to say that you could pay in Skittles. Yeah, wouldn't that be crazy? You know, but but no, no. Well, I'm looking forward to Derrick Henry being on the team in a few years once he's towards the end of his career <laughs> and he's just Definitely. looking to hang on because that's that's when they'll bring in a guy like that. Yeah, and right. Brady Brady will still be limping to the line of scrimmage and trying to take <laughs> trying to take snaps but i would love to see him in a patriots uniform i just love the way that guy plays yeah he's awesome oh you mean he uh, just you, runs you, you mentioned high school did you did you see the? i know derek you were at the game you probably didn't see it but they showed a clip of him in high school and it looked like a man playing against 12 year olds no that wasn't no no that wasn't a high school highlight that was just the highlights of last night's game <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm getting too they negative showed, uh, i'm getting too negative no, i've seen like his high school stats his he ran for like I want to say it was like 11,000 or 12,000 yards in like four years of high school, like something ridiculous. He's probably the same size that he is now. I mean, mm-hmm. The guy is just a man amongst boys. Mm-hmm. He's and a he beast. showed it last night. He's a beast. All right, so we got a little bit into who was to blame. I don't want to spend too much time on that because I, I think we've been we've been beating that horse pretty good for the past month or so. But um, just quickly, give give me your slice of the blame pie. What, what do you say by percentages? Start with you, Derek. For you mean the season or last night's game? Overall, the season. Um, I mean, it's got more than half. Of it has to be on the offense. Um, I mean, it's tough to break it up by position. Uh, obviously, Brady didn't have a good year. Um, you know, the line was bad. I mean, the offense in general. I think Julian Edelman was the only one who like produced consistently. Uh, you know, on the offensive side of the ball, I think Josh McDaniels deserves some blame for some of his play calling uh, and game plans. Um, and you know the defense let them down a little bit towards the end of the season, but they carry them for so long. I think this this season falls on the offense. How about Belichick, the GM? Yeah, not not a good year. So he's his Belichick, the drafter, bad. Uh, but he's he's okay when like looking for you know the diamond in the rough on these other teams, these guys that are sitting at the end of the the bench or the bottom of the roster. You know, he brings them in and can find a role for them. You know, guys like like a guy like John Simon is not a you know a household name, but he's made some plays for this team. Um, even Kyle, Kyle Van Noy, the trade, yeah, the trade for yeah. him, he wasn't doing anything in Detroit. And it'll be very interesting to see what happens with him this offseason. Yeah, and that goes back uh, years to a guy he picked up from Pittsburgh by the name of Mike Vrabel. Yeah, it was Ninkovich. pretty much a, a no namer back then. Yeah, then Ninkovich. So yeah, linebackers, he's golden. Wide receivers, not so much. <laughs> Awful, yep. So, Michael, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spoil yours. You're gonna say Brady's 80% to blame. So, no, where, do you throw, no. where do you throw the rest of your blame? 
No, no, no. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm blaming everybody. I mean, I, I blame a little bit of the offensive line. I mean, there's, there's health issues. There's health. Health to me was one of the bigger aspects this year for the offensive line. Not, not a blame. Not a. That's not a blame or anything. But, but the, when the offensive line. It was never healthy. It felt like the line was never 100% healthy. It felt like that nobody, like you, you couldn't figure out who was doing what, with the exception of maybe Joe Tooney, who was an All Pro, second second team All Pro, whatever. Team, like yep. he's he like that. He had a pretty good season. I'm blaming Brady. I'm blaming McDaniel's. I'm blaming Belichick. I'm blaming. I mean, I don't even know if I blame the receivers. On, I mean, truthfully, because I. I, I my most blame goes to Brady, obviously, because I, everyone knows my my gripe with Brady. And then I'm then second in line behind Brady. I'm going to blame Rob Gronkowski. And the reasoning I'm blaming Rob Gronkowski is not just because he didn't come back. It's because it kind of felt like he just vanished. Like it said, like he decided he wasn't going to come back. He wasn't going to play, but like, it didn't seem like that, that, that there was a plan there. Like they, they, it was, it was almost like it was unexpected and there was no, there was no filler to, to fill his role. Now, I mean, Everyone gets into Brady not having a good year, and oh, Brady didn't have the weapons. Brady, Brady didn't have the weapons. BS. First of all, Brady didn't have the weapons. Okay, because you look at the team that won the Super Bowl last year, and his offensive unit was basically the same team as it was this year, minus Gronk, right? And there was right. no, there was no plan in place for Gronk to retire. Now everyone, you heard the whispers like, oh, Gronk might retire. Gronk, Gronk might retire. But if he knew he was going to leave. I feel like he didn't let the team know, and the team had zero plan to try and replace him, and that hurt the team. And then, you know, Brady Brady being a million years old and having zero faith in his wide receivers and having zero faith in his offensive line and bailing out of a bunch of throws. And, I mean, he, he just he, it just wasn't a good year for anybody. Derek, I lost your video. I hope you're still with me. Yep, I got you. All right. I did something here. I don't know what, so just keep talking. Were you trying to mute me? Is that what you were doing? No, I don't know what I was doing. I just clicked something, and suddenly you, you disappeared off my screen. So oh, good. I can see you were like up in the top left corner. I lost Derek, so as long as, as, long as he can still hear me yep. and we can hear him. Um, I, I'm going to throw my blame somewhat at Belichick, for uh, Belichick the GM, for not bringing in the players around Brady. He what do you, gambled that. What, what do you hang mean? On, hang on, hang on. He gambled that this team, the strength of this team, was going to be the defense and the running game. Wait, I think he went it... to the same formula that they had last year, and with the injuries that they had on the offensive line, that didn't work. You mean Bill Belichick, the GM who traded for Josh Gordon, and Bill Belichick, the GM who got Antonio Brown here? Like it's it's not Bill it's not Bill's fault that Antonio Brown went completely crazy. It's not Bill's fault that Josh Gordon can't stay off of the juice. Like that's not like that's not or, or the weed or the or the or the drugs or the alcohol, whatever it is. Well it's not like he didn't know their reputation before he brought them in. I feel like the Antonio Brown thing kind of came off the rails a lot faster than anybody thought. Like yes, he's a diva, but yeah, he but he's a wide receiver in the NFL. But but I don't think anybody knew to the extent of the the diva that he was. But I mean you can't say he didn't try and give Brady the weapons. He returned the same offense from last year and added Antonio Brown. I mean, he he didn't know that Antonio Brown was going to go crazy. He didn't know that Josh Gordon was going to fall off the wagon again. Like he 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 put people in place. You know, well, the, the, he tried the only to bring people was, in. He he brought in some wide receivers that does anybody even remember their names now? I mean, they signed a couple of guys. Demarius Thomas was one of them. Uh, there was another guy he brought in that was former Redskin. And Maurice Harris. Yeah, none yeah. of these guys worked out. What about Mohamed Sanu? Traded for Sanu. You lose Gordon. You lose. He goes out and he gets another big name receiver. I understand it's not Julio Jones or but but those guys aren't available. 
Like he he went out and he got another good receiver, and it just it it, it just didn't work. It, it like I don't I don't blame Belichick the GM as much as I would blame you know I, even even play calling like like Josh McDaniels or something like that. Like I would blame him more than the GM. I feel like he tried to do. I mean. You lose, you lose Gronk, and then you, you there, there's nothing out there. You know, like there's not much out there in, in the in the types of. And who's the tight end they lost out on that we were all saying? And Gronk hadn't announced yet if he was going to retire, and then he ended up going. Was it Jared Cook? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he ended up going somewhere else. So then you bring in the the, the best available replacement for Gronk was Ben Watson. I, pathetic, I know, yeah. but that was the best of any. And that's who we got. Fifty-eight year old Ben Watson. I, I, I mean, <laughs> but you can only. You, I mean, in some situations, the situation they were put in at tight end, you could only go out and do so much. And they did what they – they did the best that they could do in that scenario. The best available tight end was Ben Watson. And guess what? They got him. I understand he's 96 years old, but they got him. And then, then he gets suspended him, for four games. They brought him back again. Yeah, and then he gets suspended for four games. And then it, it, it's just it, – it, the whole season just felt like a complete zoo almost. With the Antonio Brown thing, the Josh Gordon thing, like it felt like it was a zoo. The Brady thing, and honestly, my the obviously I'm upset, I'm disappointed that they that they lost last night. But my biggest like negative takeaway from this thing is now I have to listen to sports radio and Patriots fans and the country, and it's just like, what is Tom Brady gonna do? Is he gonna retire? Is he gonna come back? Is he gonna go somewhere else? I don't care what he does, but now I have to listen to it for the next. Three months until he decides what he wants to do, and it's too early for me. That's well, how what can I'm you say you don't about. care what he does? I mean, th- this is going to be podcast fodder for us for <laughs> until he makes his decision, and then a good time afterwards. Yeah, but but I really just don't like even like the press comments yesterday where he's like, oh, you know, maybe or it's unlikely I retire, or hopefully I don't retire. Like he's just playing games. Like you know if you're going to retire or not, dude. Like just freaking just are you retiring? Yes or no? It's pretty simple. You're going to have an offer somewhere, whether it's here or somewhere else. If you want to play, you're going to be able to play. Yes or no. Like, don't play this BS game and try and be coy and be cute. And it's like, I don't want to hear it for three months. I really don't. I just slammed my table and everybody got ear problems. <laughs> like, I just I don't uh, want to hear it for three months. We talked about this a little on our year-end podcast, but where are his options to go? Tennessee looks and, like and a good do you, one. Do you think somebody's going to bring him in and pay him big money? off the season that he just had. Basically, it's two years in a row where he's had some type of injury, obviously, that has hampered his play. And he's going to be 43 next year. So is anybody going to, you know, is there a team out there that needs a quarterback to get over the hump? If you're the Tennessee Titans and you have that run game, that offensive line, would you rather pay a bunch of money to Ryan Tannehill or a bunch of money to Tom Brady? That's a good question. I mean, is Brady going to stay healthy? I mean, we all I talk mean, about the, the TV twelve, but that's a question. And it really have. hasn't happened him, hasn't helped him the last couple of years. That's a that's a thing that could happen to any quarterback at any given time. I mean, you see course, it all, all the time. But but the odds I mean, are better that it's going to happen to a forty three year old quarterback than it is a twenty three year old quarterback. Yeah, but if you can protect him, and you can give him a run game like that has, and in I mean. It, and and the, even the young wide receivers that like the wide receivers even looked good yesterday. Tannehill looked good yesterday, but when you have a year and a day to throw, and you have a and you can turn around and and, and hand the ball off to a guy that is a, a man amongst boys, and the play action can work. I don't know. I and, and I 
I trust Brady more than I trust Tannehill. And if you're Tennessee and now you go into where are they even going? They're going to Kansas City. They'll go to Can. No, they go to Baltimore. Baltimore, Oh, they go to Baltimore. I mean, to get you to like you're at that next step. Now you now you need a player or two to get you to like think about it. If Tom Brady's on the Tennessee Titans right now, are they the favorite in the AFC to win? To go to the Super Bowl? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, they're more so than they are with Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, for sure. You know, like that could be that one player that gets that gets you over the hump. Yes, he's old. Yes, we, uh, he's old no matter where he goes. But when you think about a situation, and it didn't really occur to me until I was watching that game last night. And I said, you know, uh, you know I'm, I'm sure Brady and Vrabel have a have a decent relationship too. You know, I, it, it didn't. It, it occurred to me as I was watching the game last night. I said, you know what, Brady might be a, t- a Titan next year. And, be, and I'm sure Vrabel would like to stick it to Belichick one more time. Because yeah. it seems like there is no love loss there. No. Definitely I think not. I think he respects him as a coach. He re, he respects him as a, a football mind. But I think that the egos is, is, the egos there just clash. I, I think you know it's it's I feel like it's like anything else. You work with somebody for that long in a, in such a high intense environment. There's gonna be there's gonna be tension. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I got I got the t- uh, the sense with uh, Vrabel as I'm watching, and I'm thinking, you know, this is the type of guy when he's your coach, you love him, you love his attitude. When you're playing against him, you think, what a dick this guy is. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, He's got a little douchey vibe to him. <laughs> but you can't hate on him because he was a Patriot no. at one time. Yeah. I love Brady when he was here. You can't. So Patriots fans won't hate on him because he was, you know, he was a, he was here. I mean, he's the guy that rocked the mustache all season. Like, you, you know he's douchey. Like, you just come on. And when they gave him away with um, Castle for a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. That was a horrible trade. But anyway, we don't want to recap past stuff. Uh, Derek, what, what do you think is uh, a possibility for Brady to land should he decide to go elsewhere? Yeah, I see. I just have a hard time thinking he's going to, at this stage in his career, he's going to go somewhere else. And, like, unless he goes with McDaniels somewhere where, you know, he can basically run the same offense he's been running his whole career. Like, I can't see him going somewhere else to try and learn a new offense and work with a completely new offensive coordinator. Uh, I think it's, and I don't think he's going to retire. I I think at the end of the day he's going to be a Patriot next year, one way or another. I just can't. I can't. Spoken like a true season ticket holder, can't even (laughs) can't even mention another team. Like can't even, not even like the thought is making you visibly sick. Can't even can't even mention another team. I've thought about like you know some teams like Dallas, and it just makes me want to vomit. Mm. Mm. I don't think I don't Carolina. I don't know. I don't think. I I mean, you have to think about the teams that are right there that that Brady would be an improvement over their current quarterback. Minnesota, maybe. Kirk Cousins would look pretty good today. Minnesota, yeah. maybe. I mean, like, the, other than that, he's not going to put himself in this. I mean, San Francisco, you know, is he going to go bump Jimmy G out of a job yeah. there? You know, like, it, like those if are the that spots. would free him up to come back here, I'd take that. Yeah, no, yeah. I would too. I would I, take that. I would too. But, I mean, it's those are the things, like, those are the teams that you have to think of. I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day, though, I don't think Robert Kraft is letting Tom Brady play for anybody yeah. else, and, and and it's. I I think that that's that's pretty much where the conversation ends to me. I mean, it's it's fun to play the game for me. Like, oh yeah, maybe he's going to be a Titan, maybe he's going to be a Forty Nine er. Like that's fun, but I don't think Robert Kraft lets him play anywhere else. You're, you're getting ahead of the agenda on me. Sorry, I know. How dare you be prepared? <laughs> How dare I bring up good points? This is my show, damn it. Oh, hold uh, on. I'll, I'll go back to googling stuff. <laughs> Derek, you brought up uh, it all hinges on where McDaniels goes. McDaniels has been linked to the Browns, saying he's uh, looking forward to or he's interested in working with Baker Mayfield. 
So that does not seem like a landing spot for Brady. He's also been linked to the Giants, who have um, their young quarterback. Daniel Guess Jones. what? His name's escaping me. Daniel Jones. Daniel yep. Jones. I knew it was Daniel was in there either first or last name. So that doesn't seem like a landing spot for Brady. Where where was the other uh, rumored place that uh, was going to be interviewing McDaniel's? Was it Dallas? No, I think so. No, because no. Dallas brought in McCarthy, right? Yeah, McCarthy the, and um, the Bengals' old coach. Yeah. Oh, Marvin Lewis. Marvin oh. Lewis. <laughs> Marvin Lewis. Um, I want to say McDaniel's might have been linked to Carolina, but I don't know if it was. No, it was a special uh, teams coach that was. Uh, I think Carolina asked if they could interview their special teams. Oh, coach. Judge, Judge. Judge. No, he, the Giants definitely asked to interview. Oh, then him, it was. So. I, I remember there being. I think McDaniel's the only one I heard was the was the Browns. Yeah, the Giants were. I think they said the Giants were interested in McDaniel's too, but it didn't sound like a long shot. Uh, he was just going to kind of interview and go through the the process. But I think Cleveland is the most likely destination for McDaniel's, which makes sense. Right. Which makes sense because you 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 think that the head coach. I mean, he's obviously an offensive mind, and that offense there with with the amount of weapons that that team has, like that makes sense. But it doesn't make sense to put Tom Brady in that offense though. So it, right. you know he's not going to like that wouldn't make sense. So I agree with Derek. I don't see him going to another team, learning a new offense at this point in his life. If he does come back, if he doesn't retire, I think he comes back to the Patriots. And I agree with you, Michael. I think Kraft is going to intervene, and he's going to get in there, and he's going to talk Brady into coming back. Which leads me to my next question. Does Belichick want him back? And could this be leading to a pissing contest? between Belichick wanting to move on and Kraft wanting Brady to stay. Could we have this looming on the horizon? And the other thing with Belichick is nobody knows what his contract status is. Yeah. We don't know if he has a year on his deal, if he has 10 years. Nobody knows what it is except for him and Kraft. And well, that's, because, that's because I think he has one of those deals where it's like, as long as you want to be here, you're here. I think that's right. that's what it is. So maybe, maybe I don't know if it's year to year or what it is or how they handle it. Maybe they come to him in like week six and they say, "Hey, you coming back next year?" And he's like, "Yep, I'll be here." And like that's that's how they handle it. But I personally don't think that there'll be a rift between Belichick, the coach, and 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 Brady, uh, Brady being the quarterback, for the simple reason that if Belichick really wants to cement a legacy without Brady and all that nonsense that everybody talks about, he can coach a lot longer than Brady can play. So he can wait out Brady. Brady's got at max now. Like let, let, Let's be realistic. Two. Perfect scenario. Two years left. Yeah, I agree. So he Belichick can wait him out. So. Belichick can wait that out. Belichick can, If Belichick really wants to coach and prove without Tom Brady, Belichick can wait that out. Plus... If that's the case, then 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 Bill has all of the all of the firepower now to say, fine, Tom, you can you come back, you be our quarterback next year, maybe even the year after. I'm drafting my quarterback this year. This year, I'm drafting him. We're developing him, and we're gonna have make sure that we have the replacement ready to go, which is what we tried to do with Jimmy G, and you waited us out. This time, it's not happening. We're drafting. I'm drafting a quarterback either this year or next year, depending on what he wants. However, he wants to do it, they're gonna be able to develop it, and that's the next guy. So if Brady stays, it's actually probably better for the Patriots because right now there's no plan to replace him, much like there was no plan to replace Gronk. There's no plan to replace Brady. So, I mean, Stidham's not the answer. So, you know, now now Belichick can pick his quarterback, draft him this year, have Brady for next year, maybe the year after, and then there's your, there's your su- successor. 
if they can find a guy. I mean, that's that's the other thing. That all sounds good in theory. I don't see Brady as being a mentor for somebody. I really don't. don't. You don't need Brady to be a mentor for somebody. I don't see Brady being a mentor for somebody either because I think Brady's a dink, but that's me. But (laughs) Yes, that is you. (laughs) But that's me. I mean, he's... He doesn't need to be the mentor. He really doesn't. Which I mean, especially now if McDaniel's moves on, now you bring in a new offensive coordinator, you bring in your new, your next quarterback, and then they can they can start to build something there. I mean, it was already uh, Belichick already said that Tom Brady barely practiced with the first team this year. Like I, I'm not making that up. He said that, and no, he never says say anything. That. He never yeah. says anything about about that at all. So that means that Stidham got most of the reps with the first team. So if you bring in your next quarterback and Brady's still your number one and he's barely practicing with the first team. You got a new offensive coordinator, a new quarterback. They can start to build with the with the young wide receivers. That I know Bessie beats this beats this like crazy. Why can every other team develop wide receivers, but this team cannot? And now you have now you have a chance to do it. You have a chance to almost kind of start fresh without starting fresh, if that makes sense. New offensive coordinator, new new quarterback, but still have a seasoned veteran as your as your number one quarterback. I mean, he's not going to take all the he can't take all the snaps. He's too old. He's too old. They're not gonna take all the snaps in practice. Doesn't go to OTAs. Like this is a perfect opportunity to mold a new guy and get him in place to take over. Derek, I want to give you a chance to talk because I feel like it's been a while. Michael's been ranting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Belichick. There's probably part of him that would want to move on from Brady, um, just because he's always, you know, planning for the future and planning for planning ahead. You know. Um, but, like Michael said, there's no like plan in place right now to replace Brady, and I don't think Belichick is gonna wanna be part of a team that's gonna go you know four and twelve or five and eleven. He doesn't wanna be a part of a team like that. Um, I don't think he'll let you know the Patriots be get to that point. Um, so I think you know Brady's gonna come back, and look, there's probably some animosity between the two just because they've worked together for so long. They're both they're both alphas in their minds. Um, so it's tough to work together. Um, you know, about twenty it's been twenty one or twenty years now. So there's obviously gonna be some some bad blood and some animosity, but at the end of the day, right now, I mean, that's the best chance for them to win another Super Bowl is with them with the two of them together. I think you, you hit it on the head, and that's what I was thinking too, is I think Belichick will be I don't I don't put so much stock into he wants to prove his legacy without Brady. I think he's going to give the same answer that he gives the media when they ask him questions is going to do what we thought is what was best for the team. And if that's what's best for the team, then they're going to keep him. If he has another option, maybe they let him go. Yeah, I just don't see a better option right now, though. That's right. the thing. Like, I don't like, see a better option for Brady, in my opinion. I don't see a better option for Brady than to stay here. No, no, I'm talking about I don't, I don't see a better option at quarterback. I mean – when you, when you look around the league and it's just aging quarterback after aging quarterback, I mean, maybe if you think there's something in Marcus Mariota, if the Titans don't believe in him, but like realistically, like there's, there's nothing around the league that that's going to, that's going to get you excited. Andy Dalton's not getting anybody excited. I mean, Eli Manning, like maybe Phillip Rivers, but then you're in the same boat anyway. You have, you have another aging old quarterback and Phillip Rivers isn't going to move out his 15 kids across the country. So, like, it, it, I mean... Put them all in the family truckster and drive them across country. I mean, you're... you're you look, I mean, like I said, you look around the league, the league's transitioning to younger quarterbacks. Like, you, right now you're seeing all the people that Derek and I grew up watching football, all those quarterbacks are now gone or about to be gone. They're getting mm-hmm. replaced. 
It's not even it's not injury related. You know, I mean, you, Joe, it just happened to Joe Flacco. It just happened to Eli Manning. Like they're getting replaced, and so there's no better option right now for the Patriots, I think, than than Brady. But that's not this. I mean, he can't play forever, so you need to play, you need to do something here. Like you need there's got to be some sort of succession plan here, and, and there isn't one. Yeah, I don't think the draft is too uh, deep in quarterbacks this year, at least. Well, you no, know, you, you've got Burrow at the top. You've de- got uh, Tagovailoa. Well, he hasn't announced who, yet, who, but if he announces, he's allegedly still going to go pretty high. One thing you're going to have this year that you haven't had in the past is I think right now they're sitting on the 23rd pick in the draft. And, you know, maybe a, a silver lining out of this losing early is now they can actually prepare for the draft for a couple of months. You know, yeah, but they're not still... playing so deep yeah, into the already, season. You should already be prepared for the draft anyway, in, in my opinion. I mean, it, it, their season's over. Like, the, the, the college season's pretty much And I'm sure that's a different group that, that does the draft. But well, that brings up one other thing is Nick Casario, the director of player personnel. He tried to get out last year. He had one year left on his contract. They wouldn't let him go. Um, the the rumor is if um, McDaniel's goes to Cleveland, he's going to bring Casario with him because their GM spot is open too. So that could be another guy defecting from your program. Yeah, yes. I think this this team's going to look a lot different next year, right? Roster, coaching staff. There's going to be a lot of it's going to be a whole a, a whole new team. I mean, there'll be some familiar faces, but they're going to lose a lot this year. Maybe it's kind of what they need. I mean. He, I mean, it, it's crazy to say they're they're one year removed from winning the Super Bowl, but maybe it's maybe it's time for a little bit of a shakeup. And I mean, you're not gonna you're not obviously not gonna replace your quarterback unless he unless he decides, and you're not gonna replace your coach unless he des- your head coach unless he decides. Maybe some of the some of the other voices in that locker room need to change. And I mean, maybe it's not the worst thing. I mean, who knows? But one thing I, I didn't bring it up because I wasn't in my sarcastic uh, frame of mind and didn't really want to be a, a, a doofus too early is. <laughs> The thing I heard, and I almost now I almost lose it a lot because I go on Twitter a bunch, and that's the worst. The worst thing for me is to go on Twitter and to and to to take any stock into what people with Patriots logos as their default picture say. But I was legitimately seeing people that thought that that the Patriots threw the game against Miami because Belichick is so thinking of the future that by Miami winning, some other team leapfrogged them. And it'll keep Tua out of the AFC East for the foreseeable future. That was a real thing that I saw, and I, I almost lost it. But you know, maybe Bill's just next level genius, and he's planning for the future, keeping Tua out of the AFC East. Are we that Fans like that Tua? give us all a bad name. That's why the country. <laughs> that's why the country hates us. Uh, that's why I hate Patriots fans. I don't. I don't. Yeah, know I mean, there I is. Love, a, it's a love hate relationship. There is a huge faction of Patriot fans that are definitely delusional, and you know, some you talk about like an overhaul and like ushering in the new period. Maybe it won't be the worst thing for this team to go five and eleven and just cut the fan base in half. Mm. Um, because some of these people are just ridiculous in some of the things they say. Like I, I've, mm-hmm. I've seen or heard people talking about they lost the game to Miami. And because they didn't want the buy, because they wanted more time together on the field for Brady and the receivers to to figure it out. Because mm-hmm. you can't so do that on up, the practice field. So right. That's, that's, no, that's a good point. These people come up with they're just. Yep. Yeah. No great point. All ridiculous. good points. They see the game with their heart, not with their eyes. Sometimes. Yeah. Right. Well, they've just been spoiled for the past twenty years. So. And it's not even a love for the Patriots. Like as much as people want to think, it's it's not a love for the Patriots. It's a love for Tom Brady. 
Like nothing that dude does can be is wrong. Like I mean, that pick six against Miami was one of the worst displays of quarterbacking I've ever seen in my entire life. But it's not not Brady's fault. Someone else's fault. It was Edelman's fault? I think ran the wrong route or something. Like nothing. Always. It's, it's it's, a, it's, a, it's the love for Tom Brady. It's not the love for the Patriots. It's the love for Tom Brady. So if he goes somewhere else, I think it would be interesting to see how confl- – I don't you feel like there would be those half-and-half half jerseys, like half Patriots, half whatever yeah. team he goes to? Like that, that's what you'll start seeing in the, in the like crowd the instead of yeah, – Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's, it's – positive. Positivity. One no, thing I wanted – one thing I wanted to ask you, Derek, at the game last night at the end when Brady was walking off, I couldn't hear anything from the crowd um, as far as you know cheering or anything for him. Was there any reaction from the crowd at the end of the game? No, and you know he kind of it was a pretty quick exit for him. Um, so I mean, he kind of took like a side like the side exit into the locker room, like behind the bench as opposed to running through where the tunnel is. And so he didn't run by a ton of fans and he wasn't on the field too long. Um, and I think fans were just still shocked at the result, so they didn't did he have shake time hands? To process anything? Yeah, you know, he went to midfield, did his thing. He did. I I, I shut it off, so I didn't. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't he went. Watching to, he went to midfield, did his thing. I think he went up to Tannehill. Um, Vrabel kind of he shook Belichick's hand and then ran to the locker room. So I don't think they, um, you know, caught up. But yeah, he he went out at least went to Tannehill and then you know took off. Yeah, I noticed that too. That he went behind the bench. Went into that little uh, tunnel that they have right. underneath. You know, I give, I don't know who it was. It was some lady that during the press conference gave a lot of credit because the first thing I thought of after the after he threw that pick six was, holy crap, Tom Brady's last throw in the NFL could potentially be a pick six. Like, that's, like, like if there's, like that's like the exact opposite of what should be. I mean, to me, like you would think, like, oh, maybe it's probably going to be a 99-yard touchdown pass, and they're going to win this <laughs> game. Like that's probably more likely than him throwing a pick six. And someone asked, I, I give, I don't remember who it was. It was some lady. I don't even know where she was coming, where she was reporting from. But she actually asked the question, and I, I give her credit. That's a yeah. On you know, he, does it does good, it sting that 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 you know your last pass could potentially be a pick six? And he had a good response to that too. It's like, well, that's one of the things that can happen when you throw the ball. Yeah, that's a douchey response. <laughs> well, yeah. anything that he says, you're not true. Is not a true. Not response. true. Not true. Not true. Not true. All right, agree to disagree. Most of, but not all. <laughs> Derek, you mentioned the team is going to look a lot different next year, and they do have quite a list of free agents. I just want to run down them quick, and I want to get your guys' take on number one if you think any of them will be back, or if any of them should or should not be back. I want to start with Devin McCourty. Uh, he's getting up there in age too. I think he's in his what thirty two, thirty three now. Is he on the uh, TB twelve method though? I don't think he is. Oh, then yeah, he's got to retire soon. <laughs> he's going to have to, right? <laughs> uh, uh, I held him for so long. You see him coming back on a team friendly deal. Um, he hasn't really taken a team friendly deal the last few years when when he's been out there. So, do we think he'll be back next year? Yeah, I mean, I think he's a, I think he's a good guy to have around. Like he's not an amazing safety. He's solid at what he does. He's a good like leader out there. He's a good locker room guy. You know, he's one of the faces of the team. He's a captain for a reason. Um, you know, he can still give you something back there playing that kind of that center field position. Um, I don't know what kind of interest is going to be out there for him. You mentioned because of his age. Um, you know, everyone's these defenses are getting younger and faster. He's not gonna help you in that regard. 
he's got a great, you know, he's he's smart and he's got a great football mind. Um, but I think at this point in his career, you know, he's played it here for so long, it just makes sense for him to to stick around, um, you know, and finish out his career here. Is he the one that didn't play last night? No, it was no Jason. Jason, Jason yeah. didn't play last night. I think they're new twins. What is <laughs> Who Jason's... must also be a free agent, too. Oh, that was my question. What does Jason's contract status look like? I think he had signed a two-year deal when he came in last year. Yeah. So, he might... so, so he's say... going to be up, too. I mean, I'd not not like... Not not sarcastic, but like if his if he was still here, maybe that's incentive for McCourty for the other McCourty for Devin to stay. But I mean, if they're both free agents, then maybe they can they can go somewhere. I mean, the loss of Devin McCourty leadership wise might you might feel something there, but play wise is I mean, could you find something younger? Could you find something a little more cheaper probably and get close to if not exactly the same value that 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 he gives you as a, as an as a defender on the field. Yeah, yeah ability-wise, I don't think they'd miss him too much. You could find something. You could find a younger, a younger, cheaper option for sure. Doesn't that kind of answer the question then? Okay, guess we can move on. No, I'm not <laughs> being smart. I'm, I'm, I'm being like, well, I mean, I, isn't, know, isn't that typically? That's typically with the exception of every position except for quarterback. That's the that's the theory for Belichick. Is is if if there's a younger, cheaper option, see ya. Thanks. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. No, but, uh, they don't owe me any also, money. He also there there are some players that you can just tell that he respects. Oh, Matthew and, Slater. And, well, he's next on my list. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm thinking of Teddy, Teddy Bruschi. Teddy Bruschi was around for a while, and you know yeah. he let Bruschi decide when he was going to retire. You know, Bruschi was smart to do so. Maybe he was going to get cut. But did Bruschi take any team friendly deals though? Because if McCourty's not taking a team friendly deal, I, I, you can't just keep him just because he's a nice guy. Like I'm sorry. No, I, like... no, that's right. No, it all comes down to the money. The other thing is. You have to have somebody who can run that defense on the field. Uh, another guy who is a free agent is Kyle Van Noy. Who... I think he should come. I think if I would target him to be one of one of my first options to bring back. As much and... as I don't like the fact that he gave the defense their own nickname, I do think that I, I do think he's 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 a formidable player on that on that defense. And he's another guy that fits the system. Mm-hmm. Didn't work out where he was before. The Patriots saw something in him that he could contribute in their system. So that probably limits him on where else he could go as well. Mm-hmm. Of course, maybe yeah. Flores will be ready to open up the bank for him because they run the yeah, same system down there. Van Noy will be interesting because of that reason. Um, you know, he's, he's had a, a great few seasons here in New England. Um, but I think someone may overpay for him. And it'll be interesting to see if he'll take the money and, you know, run the risk of, not fitting in, fitting in again like it was in Detroit, or if he knows, look, I got a good spot here. Uh, I know my role. I do it well. I'm a big part of this defense. Will he take a little less money than he could get on the open market to stay in a place that he knows works for him? And there's a guy I think you can replace with Winovich, mm-hmm. who they drafted last year and could be a lower price option with a little more speed. I think to it also other- depends on if, if how much he cares about winning. I mean that for most of these guys, I feel like that's what it, that's what it, like. Sure, Kyle, Van Noy can if he wants to go to Miami and, and and make more money there. But are you gonna win in Miami? Yeah, but it's also a business. And no, their I careers, get it. No, no, their no, careers I, are so short they have to make the money when they can get it. And he's already won one Super Bowl. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I mean that that's that's like. I mean it's 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 I think it's the age old question: what's more important, the money or winning? And and it's not like 
I'm not saying that he's going to take a league a league minimum deal. I don't even know what the league minimum is in football, but the league minimum deal to stay with the Patriots and turn down, you know, ten million a year, or whatever he might get in Miami. I mean, if he's if we're talking like say just for just for round numbers, the Patriots offer him offer him seven, and he knows he can win here as opposed to the ten or go play in Miami and and be five and eleven for the next four years. Like th- that's something that I feel like all of these guys that are on this list kind of need to weigh out and see what's more important to them. Yeah, good point. But Danny Amendola went to Detroit last year too. Well, I don't know that Danny Amendola had much of a choice. Took, he took the money. He, yeah, but did he have a? Did he have anywhere else to go? I, I don't know who else was courting him, but like, I mean, there are some situations like that where there, you don't have another choice, and there's just teams that are, like one team will come in and pay Ryan Tannehill a boatload of money. Another team will come in and offer him backup role money. So that's an easy one. That's that's what I feel like is more like what happened with Amendola. I mean, but to play here or to play to play elsewhere is is really the question for. for I, like I said, most of these guys on this list and all of the linemen we're going to talk about, I don't really care about those guys. Another thing okay. with Van Noy, which is interesting <laughs> to me, and Michael, you've mentioned it a few times, where you know self uh, self labeling the defense the boogeyman, which he's been killed for, and rightfully so. He's you know, and he gave Tennessee some you know, quote-unquote, bulletin board material before this week. He's kind of, like, not a, a prototypical robot patriot when it comes to to things like that. Like, he's pretty outspoken in the media and gives a lot of quotes and says a lot of things that you don't typically hear from people, you know, in the Patriots organization. So I'd be interested to see how, uh, you know, Belichick feels about him and what he's willing to, to offer him. Is he the Is one he the- that, that said that he didn't want to be compared to Rodney Harrison? Yeah. That was a radio interview, and he and, and he like got pissed and was yep. like, "Respect him, but don't want don't right, want my don't name want... ever mentioned with him." Exactly. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that. He's a little more outspoken. I, I didn't hear that. What was the context of that? Why was he being compared to Harrison? It was... I, I I don't. I think it was Beetle and Zoe. It was Beetle yeah, and Zoe. It was early in the season, um, just in regards to his play, I think, and you know he brought a little bit of like attitude or something along those lines, and he just seemed offended by the fact that they were comparing him to Rodney Harris. Yeah, borderline mm. almost snapped at snapped at him. Like, you know, and then he be- kind of backtracked and was like, "Oh, I I you know, I respect Rodney, but please don't ever compare please don't ever mention our names in the same sentence." Yeah. Something along we- those lines. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. Two other linebackers that are uh pending free agents, Jamie Collins and uh linebacker/fullback Landon Roberts. <laughs> I don't really yeah. see Roberts having too many options. I don't. I don't see people banging down the doors to bring him in. Though he did have a great quote about being a linebacker, which I can't repeat. Yeah, not here, but it was just basically, so if uh, if a you know what gets in my way, I'm gonna run over the you know whater. Right. Yeah, I love think that quote. Love that attitude. He's got versatility. Um, you know, I think he does some special team stuff too. And Belichick loves those guys who can do more than one thing. Um, and he'll be relatively cheap. So maybe turn him into a tight end. I mean, he's got some hands. He's got yeah, that reception. Right. I mean, that, maybe that actually was a a very end. nice. Was that was a great catch. catch. That was, that that was, was a great catch, catch to make because Brady was a little off target on that. Right, one. it wasn't a good. Throw. No, no, no. A landing didn't run to the right spot. Come on. Oh, Bill. sorry, sorry. Come on. You know better than that. All right, you said you don't care about the offensive lineman, but Joe Tooney, second team All Pro, he's a free agent. Uh, Ferentz, Karras, and Newhouse. I'm gonna be 100 percent honest. I don't even know if I if I if I know even half of these names. I have no idea who well, France is. France I know Newhouse ended Karras, up being your center this year. I'm, like, after, after this is how little I care about the offensive line. I don't even know who those guys are. 
So who else was your left tackle for most of the year? No, I, I said I, I know okay. I know Newhouse, Tooney, and, and uh, Karras was your was your center too. Ferris right. was the backup. I'm sorry, Karras was the the main center. Um, but you know, just just the way that uh, these guys can go, I'm good. Bring I mean, the, all we've heard about all year is how much the offensive line sucks. So do we really need to bring in the offensive line back? I mean, it, depending on what the price tag would be for Tooney, maybe that's that's. I mean, if if there was any bright spot, I feel like it, it was him. But is there really yeah, any hope, need? Hopefully Andrews can come back next year. Right. That's that's say that's the one lineman I care about this offseason is David Andrews because I mean I don't think it's a coincidence that he missed the entire year and the line play was poor. I mean Shaq Mason had a took a step back after a great year last year. He was bad this year. Yeah. You know, Win Win was in and out of the lineup. Cannon was in and out of the lineup. He struggled when he was out there. But I think the absence of David Andrews was a big a big part of the line's struggles. When is a guard guard size, right? Yes. So he, he could be your replacement for Tooney, yeah. and, and then and then. But then you need you a left tackle. tackle. I mean, you don't okay. even have you don't have then a tackle. You gotta go out and get a left tackle. Bring back Nate Solder. <laughs> or that. All right, I'm not even gonna mention <laughs> the two defensive linemen. Uh, last guy I have on my list, Matthew Slater. Michael, your we know your your thoughts on Matthew Slater. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Derek, I want to get yours. Uh, I mean. Do I think he'll be back? Probably, just because I don't know who. And he's another guy at this stage of his career. Like, who's gonna pay him to be a a gunner, you know, and a, a kickoff guy? But he's got a good gig here in New England. He's made a career out of it. I don't see why he would go anywhere else at this point. You think he'll retire? Because he was considering that, it last year. Yeah, that's an option. You know, that's a a good point. Because I don't know if you saw after the game, him and Ben Watson kind of had a a moment yeah. on the field. So yeah. And I know it was probably Watson's more about done. Watson. Yeah, it was definitely more about Watson, but Slater could uh, wouldn't surprise me if he retired. Would anybody even miss him? Yes, yes, we Locker. would. <laughs> oh my God, Matthew I, Slater! I think you're gonna miss him on the field. How? Really How are you gonna miss him on the field? Look, just because he's got hands of stone does not mean that he cannot contribute to the team. He's a wide receiver who can't catch, and he runs down. He runs down punts like. Cordell Paris, Patterson did the same thing. Like he, he just no, the Cordell Patterson returned punt. What? No, he, he wasn't he a runner too? Like he just runs, like run. He's a sprinter. <laughs> like what? What's uh, Usain Bolt doing? Like let's sign him. Like let's don't turn it into a freaking uh, circus. Like, and you over? Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it. You sure? I don't want to turn the fire. It sounds like Moscow you are. Fans. I don't want to turn the fire of the Muscat fans off too much. <laughs> I'm trying my best here. Okay. Yeah. Your mother's going to listen no matter what. <laughs> oh. Any other uh, any other predictions or uh, things that you're looking for this off season? Build a tight end position. I mean, that's yeah. that's you got to get a, a credible receiving threat at tight end. I mean, Brady's always had this. This offense has always had a legitimate receiving tight end um, from his early days when they had like. You know, Daniel Graham and, I mean, Jermaine Wiggins wasn't this all-star tight end, but he could catch passes, and he was a legitimate guy you had to guard. Uh, and then, you know, Watson in his younger days, and then obviously Gronk. Um, you got you got to find some type of tight end this offseason. In all, in all honesty, I'm, I'm hoping that the, the Brady thing doesn't turn into a saga, and it's handled... I mean, it doesn't have to be tomorrow or anything like that, but but handle it quickly and and know if he's going to be your quarterback for next year. And for 
Pete's sake, please try and build some chemistry with the wide receivers, with the young wide receivers. Like, don't skip OTAs this year. Like, get like form, build a relationship with Nikhil Harry because the the the, the raw ability appears to be there, but his just he, he not being on the same page with Brady is an obvious problem. And the only way to fix it is to get is to get the rep. So if, if you know, figure out the situation with Brady. Don't let it drag on. You know, get him invested early, and hope that if he does come back and, and and he is on this team that he uses next year as almost like a redemption tour for this year because you know he he wasn't good this year and all all jokes aside he this was probably his worst year in recent memory maybe maybe of his career and and you know if they're going to be successful he needs to to take the time like he did when he was younger and and form the the relationship with the wide receivers because I don't the 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 negativity around the the talent around him I don't think is is justified because I think there is talent there but it just they didn't seem in sync like they like they like they had been you know I think the Antonio Brown thing kind of messed with Dorsett a little bit and he seemed off after all that happened and it just it, you know I th- build 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 some sort of of chemistry there with someone other than Julian Edelman I think Dorsett's another free agent if I'm well, not mistaken. Then you're then you're gonna have then you're gonna have new you'll finally have new receivers and it won't be guys that you know that that are just year in year out the same guys and yes you'll still have Julian Edelman but you know he's also getting older and you have to work with these younger guys and I I, I know it's not an apples to apples comparison but you know with with um, Seattle um, DK Metcalf he came in and Russell Wilson reportedly took the time was was up early. You know, five five thirty in the morning. I'm not saying Brady has to do that, but get up, work with the, and worked with him one on one, and built a relationship, built some sort of chemistry and some sort of like that's that's a, that's a serious thing, especially in the New England system. Like everyone's going to be on the same page. So Brady had Nikhil Harry come to his house. Giselle was making meatless burgers on the grill for them <laughs> when they were working out. So Brady did that with Harry. I don't. I don't. No. 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 Yes, I, he I, did. I think. Yes, I, he did. Yeah, I think that was a. And then they signed uh, Antonio Brown, and he kicked him out, and he let Antonio Brown sleep on his couch. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I, I think that was uh, not a publicity stunt, but I think it was. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was as genuine as it came across. I guess is is with the whole with the whole Nikhil Harry going to his house thing. Not that you're skeptical skeptical about Brady at all. I'm just I'm just a realist here. That's what I no, do. okay. That's what okay. I do. I, I it just it's clear like again missing OTAs is clear that you're not trying to I know it's five days whatever it is but you're you're every 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 pass you're making in practice and OTAs and all that kind of stuff is important and it leads off in, into the game what is what is the old saying you practice how you play you play how you, whatever you play how you practice yeah and if he's not taking snaps with the first team how can you like how how can you expect anything less than what you saw this year I think what they need to do is dumb down the playbook a little bit. If you're going to bring these guys in and they can't learn the system, what is it doing for you? If they can't learn the system and they're running the wrong route, yeah. dumb it down a little bit. Give it they to them you know, in small steps. They, they do that. They, they do. They do it that way. Go. I'm sorry, Derek. Go ahead. I say they may have a new system next year, and they may it may be dumbed down if McDaniel's goes. You know, may they may just start from scratch. You get a new guy in here, and it's something that's a little more rookie friendly if you want it to for lack of a better term or will they just not give the job to anybody and split it up amongst the guys that are already there that's, and give nobody the title yeah. that's been their track record too yeah 
Even so, I mean, even if they do it like that, what I mean, they 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 dumbed down the playbook for certain people. They dumbed it down for Antonio Brown. The dude was here for what four days and he was dressed like they, he he's he clearly didn't know what the playbook was. They had four or five plays for him, and that was it. Three, maybe even three plays for him. And you can do you could do that with with a rookie, but for some reason they they decide not to. I I don't know. That's you know coaching whatever. They're all smarter than me anyway, so it doesn't really matter. But um, I, I I think Brady's got to put the effort in again, like. It's you're getting past the point where you can just show up and win, and I and I think that showed this year. So last thought I want to put out there is: Could we see Brady doing a announcement show like what LeBron did when he went no to Miami? Way. God, I hope not. Can oh you see my something God. like that? What a circus that would actually, be. Actually, you know what? For my sanity, I hope he does, so I can finally just full on let loose. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way. No, I don't think you. I mean, something. me. He, he no, he'll do it in some corny. He'll like release a book and announce it in the book. It'll be on like page like thirty of the book or something like that. <laughs> like the next TB12 method, it'll be in there somewhere. No, he'll he'll do it on Facebook Live. Yeah, he'll. Oh his, yeah, his announcement right. will come via social media for sure. You know what else you can see on Facebook Live other than just TB12 stuff? What our, our podcast? Show? Our podcast. <laughs> if we ever do another one on Facebook Live, <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. That was a good but, segue for you to to. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not the pro host that you are. I'm but just can you third see guy. him like teasing it in social media? That's what I mean. Like, don't like. I don't you know, want to see he'll that. He'll be like I don't teasing it, showing like a a picture of the Golden Gate Bridge or something. And hmm, would mind seeing this every day. Yeah, yeah. It, it does feel like he would do something like that. Yes, and that's exactly what I'm praying and hoping does not happen. Like, just sort it out early, figure it out. I don't want to listen to it for months and months and months and months. You want to just get out of uh, social media for the next two months because I don't. It's want... going to be hot. I don't want the ESPN update saying, you know, Brady posts Instagram, liked by... Shut off your notifications, because it's coming. Liked by Kyle Shanahan, or liked by some no-name backup DB for the Rams. Like, I like, I don't care about that kind of... Like, like just get it done, get it sorted out, figure it out. If he's going to be here next year, great, let's go. Right, I'm going to throw this out there for James. He's going to the XFL with Antonio Brown. Oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, James. Guys, uh, last thoughts. Any? We want to put a, cap on, put a cap on this season? Um, You know, obviously a disappointing finish. Um, You know, it was an untraditional. We typically see, like, the reverse for this team. It's They kind of play how they did at the end of this year. They usually play that way at the beginning of the year, figure it out, and then go on their run. Whereas it's opposite this year. They were playing their best football in the beginning of the season, now granted they had some an easier schedule, um, but they just never could piece it together at the end. But it's still twelve and four playoff appearance. It's hard to be too upset. Um, but this is what like normal football fans go through every year. You have a decent season, you lose in the playoffs. You don't go to ten straight or nine straight AFC championships. You don't go to three straight Super Bowls. Um, you know the Pats Pats fans have been spoiled. Uh, this is what the future is going to be. You know, you have a good team. You might win it one year. You might get bounced in the first round. So get used to it. Is that way of you saying the dynasty's over? Yeah, I don't know. It's tough. After just one year, it's tough because they've, you know, they try to the, do that. The writing's on the wall, though. The writing is on the wall. Yeah, well, for sure. It's definitely close, but it's tough. I mean, if, you know, Brady comes back next year and then they go and either get to the conference championship or go to another Super Bowl, it's hard to say that it's dead. I think it's got to be, 
you got to get like another season or two. I mean, if Brady's gone this off season, yes, absolutely, it's it's over. Um, but I think after just one season, it's tough to make that call. Although there will be plenty of people dancing I, on their grave this week. There are already people that are making that right. call. They were making that call last night. Yeah, this is the end of the dynasty. But they've been doing ah. it for a decade now. I don't know about the end, but it's. I would say the dynasty is definitely approaching the 18th tee box at this point. Like it, I, I don't, and 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 I think it's been. But then again, I feel like it's been on the back nine for the last 10 years. So it, yeah. it's it's. I mean, it, it. Derek's right. It is it is tough to say, and you can't base it off of one year. The one thing I would say though is, this team clearly wasn't up to up to snuff. And and yes, they went 12 and four, and yes, they won their division. But you know what that means. Next year is going to be just as tough because you're going to have to play all those number one seeds in the other divisions again, and it, you know you you need to figure something out because otherwise you're just going to end up right back in the exact same situation. I mean, realistically, you you probably shouldn't have played this weekend because you know of the Miami debacle, but I don't I don't I didn't have much faith in them even for next weekend with with you know whoever they were would have ended up playing, which maybe who knows might have been Tennessee then, and and you know I just. It, this team was not primed to, to to even get to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. And you know the road's not going to be any easier next year with the the Ravens and the Chiefs. They're all younger teams and younger quarterbacks, and it's it's not going to get any easier. So they no, want to make think, if they want to make another effort, they really need to figure it out this offseason. And next year you're playing, I believe your uh, interconference is you're playing the NFC West. Yep. So you've got the Rams, Rams. Seattle, and San Francisco. Yeah, not all great. high caliber teams, and I think. I think it's the AFC West this year for their uh, next year, rather. I, I saw the teams they have to play. This Obviously, the schedule isn't out yet, but their opponents are already set. And, yeah. yeah, next year is not the cakewalk that they had this year, that's for sure. No, they showed uh, – I saw a graphic on – might have been Twitter where based on opponents' records this year, the Patriots have the toughest strength of schedule for next year at this point based on, you know, opponents' records from this year, so – it's not going to not going to be easy at all. But, you know, coming into this year, we thought they were going to have a difficult schedule and some of these teams just, you know, crapped out. The Browns weren't as good as we thought they were going to be. The Cowboys weren't as good as people thought they were going to be. The Eagles didn't end up being as good. So, things obviously change. Some of these teams probably won't be as good as anticipated, but as it stands right now, they have the toughest schedule in the league next year. Maybe that's a good thing for them. Yeah. You know, Maybe they got a little too full of themselves this year when they got off to that eight no start. Who knows? They definitely did. In all honesty, I, I, I obviously I like to watch stories around just not just the Patriots, but I think it'll be interesting to see what the Bills do next season too because I think they're they're hmm. a legit they're a good team like they've they've got some good talent there, but they also they I mean they have the same, basically the same schedule as the Patriots. They, it was another kind of cupcake cupcake <clears throat> schedule, and. You know, but but they're now going to have to play if they have to go and play the NFC West and the AFC West too. Like that, those are those are those are tough games, and you know I think it'll be a good a good thing to watch, or it'll be a, an interesting thing to watch. It'll be how how well they do next year too. And Miami and the Jets, who's Miami going to get in for a quarterback, and will they take a step up? Yeah, will I they build the Jets... off of what they did in the second half? I thought the Jets were going to be a legitimate team this year, and little did I know that. Uh... Sam Darnold was a playboy and went out and got himself a little mono, but I mean, it's. It, I thought they were going to be a good team, a good team this year, and it, it didn't. It didn't come to fruition. So I don't know if I can believe in the Jets. But the Jets, at the end of the day, are always the Jets. Right. Yeah. Right. But I mean, I, I I think the 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 AFC East is clear. Was clearly one of the actually the Central was pretty bad this year too. But or is it the Central? I don't know. Whatever the whatever the Steelers were in, that was a bad division too. That's the North. 
there north, there is whatever. no more central. Uh, what is it? North, south, north, south, east, west. Yeah. yeah. Then it was the north. They played. They played the north. It was that wasn't that wasn't a good. Uh, that wasn't a good conference, but I think the the East is is going to be an improved conference over the next few years. I th- and 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 you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots don't don't win the East in the next for the next you know five years or so. But wow. I'm not saying they're not going to win the East next year, so don't you know I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to hear it. What I'm saying is is that you know there's there could be a changing of the guards here in the AFC East in the next few years with the Bills and the the Jets and who knows who ends up in Miami, you know. It's got to happen one of these years. I mean, it's just been ridiculous when Same you look back at, at the streak that they've been on. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, their division's definitely trending up. But yeah. That it is. Okay. All right, guys. Um, let me do a little uh, business here. Micah, you want to do the, the regular? Uh... Nope. Nope, your show. You want me to do it? Your show. All right. So if you, uh, well, we know you won't be going to any more football games at Gillette Stadium uh until next summer, but if there is any uh, sporting event or concert uh, and you purchase your tickets through SeatGeek, use the code BSS and you'll get $20 off. Make sure you check out uh, all our articles on our website, www.bostonsportssyndicate.com. Derek, I'm sure you'll have a uh, Patriots postmortem uh, sure. some point this week, and uh, I know Chris Henrik has an article ready to go, and he's, he's just been a mad fiend lately with his <laughs> articles, so keep them coming uh check us out on facebook and instagram boston sports syndicate and follow us on twitter at boston sports sin boston sports s-y-n Derek, i believe our Michael? instagram our instagram is boston sports s-y-n as well sure i thought you didn't want to do this i'm sorry <laughs> now you're making me look bad <laughs> i just i don't want people to type in boston sports syndicate and then they can't find us so i want to make sure they can find us boston sports s-y-n twitter and instagram all righty. <laughs> now that I've been corrected. <laughs> Guys, thanks for joining. Everyone, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later. Music for the Boston Sports Syndicate podcast provided by IMCDM. Boston Sports Syndicate. Yeah. I'm missing you back and back and back and back and back. Nights in my place, and I need you in my habitat. We don't need a time and a place, so you baby face it. I'm missing you back